Spies taking us into our first our first chat here. Uh, their band from Calgary uh, that is High Tide off their debut album uh, Treason. Uh, they got two more albums. One just came out. That one's called Waiting. Their other one is Shotgun. All available on iTunes. Cricket Spies, check them out. Thank you for lending your tune, boys. Uh, yeah, welcome to the first episode here. I am your host Matt. We got co-host Jay Wow across the table from me. And uh, and our first guest here, uh, the very fine and lovely uh, Paulina Makita. How's how's it going, pal? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Um, looking for looking forward to talking to you guys about whatever it is that we're gonna talk about. Okay, great. Um, well, we also, oh yeah, we also have a, another host here, uh, Boris. Yeah, Boris is called. Boris, aka Good Boy. <laughs> He's wondering why all of his space is being taken up. Alright. Poor guy. Alright. Um, well, you know what? Joao brought up a topic yesterday about um, technology. And I th- let's uh, let's try to start there. Just just for shits and giggles. How about that? Great. Great. Yeah, I think we were talking mainly about... Are you going to film the whole thing? No. Okay. Yeah, so that's gonna... <laughs> just the then beginning. What's the point of this old microphone? Yeah. 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 Like, like an hour setting it all up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I gotta just stop this shit right now. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like um, we just went on, but I, I think we started talking about and um, was about relationship and technology and how we are actually um, uh, in a in, in in a point right now that we it's been hard to. Uh, um, make real contact with people you know <laughs> i need a new chair <laughs> sorry go on continue here. continue um, uh, however we have all this technology to uh to make us connect and we are not connecting and what's going on you know i mean we have um uh 
WhatsApp, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have Tinder, we have all these things that were supposed to connect us, and we're not doing it right. What, what, do you have an input about that, Bob? Well, at the risk of uh, sounding a little redundant with what's already been said online and everywhere else, uh, that that we find, or that we think is a social connection tool, is actually keeping us apart. Because it's so easy to just text somebody uh, immediately, whatever it is that you want to say to them. Um, you are skipping the step of uh, making of making small talk and seeing each other face to face or having a bit of a more uh, spontaneous and personal interaction rather than a text message that you that you keep thinking over and over in your head and instead of um, instead of actually just going there and letting that uh, conversation flow right so they are keeping us apart in a way like they do keep us it's like a step forward but two steps back maybe. I don't know how you guys see it. Uh, well, I do find that it's easy to keep in touch with people who are far away in that sense. It is also easier to push away people who are closer physically. Yeah, um, yeah, I would agree with that. Like, uh, I don't know. The, as far as the romantic sense of it goes, I, I'd agree that it, it kind of creates this sort of situation before you even meet of like intimacy almost like you know this person uh very well maybe almost like maybe that you've been talking a lot but you've never actually seen them face to face and then when you get face to face with people like so much so much of what you like about somebody is built on uh image not image well i mean that's part of it for sure but like you have the image of them oh, okay. more or less right um it I'm thinking like it's built on just like a physical connection, not to, not necessarily sexual, but like just, I don't know, you sit down and you feel like body language from somebody and you feel, you know, whether or not they're actually interested in you versus, well, I'm just talking to somebody on the phone, you know, like I think that's why a lot of it gets kind of dropped. Like when you meet somebody on Tinder or whatever and it just kind of, you get kind of ghosted or you ghost somebody because, I mean, it's so easy to do, for one thing. You don't have to actually tell them face-to-face. -face. You can just, like, stop talking to them. Uh, Silent tra treatment? Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's... It, I don't know, it just... It really messes with my head when I'm going to get on a date, and you kind of... It's already implied that you find each other attractive because you've, had, you've passed this, like, binary system of will you or won't you hot or not kind of thing and so that's already that's i don't know like it's kind of already on the table i don't know but that's kind of the thing that i'm most like about tinder to be completely honest it is it's, it's nice that, it that i hate it but that's yeah. one of the part that i was just like okay we just cut the we, we did cut the bullshit of the, the beginning which was like would you date me or not you already said Based on a photo that could not even be your photo, right? But it's not on the photo or also, uh, like, on the only thing. You, you probably, you probably talked a little bit. I know it's not deep conversation. It might be. Oh my, I don't know. No, but like the initial reaction is based on the photo. It yes is. or no is based yes, on the but photo. Not, but not your date afterwards. Probably, well, at least not mine, usually. No, it, yeah. It is the photo, but then you talk a little bit and then you see like, okay, feel like... 
it's a Donald Trump supporter. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he can be like, or she can be hot or whatever, but you know what I mean? I'm not sure where where we go about this next, but uh, I think I first have to say that I've never actually been on a Tinder date. Fair enough. Um, but if I were to start dating and find uh, potential people to date through Tinder, I would probably be very scared, first of all, of uh, probably not running into a nutcase. <laughs> I would be very wary of who I'm going out with, just making sure that they're not completely crazy, but I'd go out in a public place. Um, definitely not go back to their place on the first date ever. Um, but if I were to do that, um, based on the photo, well, it's a very, it's a very cold way of judging somebody. But I guess it's the only one you have at that moment, at that point. Um, and then striking a conversation. It depends on what I was looking for. But if I were on Tinder, I would probably be looking for somebody to actually date, like not just a one night thing. Um, so I would definitely try to find that there's something in common, right? Like, uh, we go to f we went to film school and there's something in common amongst all of us and that's why we have conversations. But what if you run into somebody who has nothing to do with your interests and then you just, like, they're stuck talking about accounting or whatever? Well, that's what blind that's, dates uh, kind of are, which is essentially what these are. But I, I have a couple issues with two of the things you said. One is... Um, well, if I, if I was going to be on that type of service, then it would be to, you know, meet, like, a long-term person, which, uh, is, is great, like, my best, one of my best friends lives now with a girl that he met on Tinder, and they love each other, and they're a great couple, and it's awesome. Yeah, that same thing happened to it, a friend of mine. It's one. amazing. Um, but at the same time... They met each other on Tinder under the impression of you're hot, I'm hot. Like, let's go on a date. But like the implication of the whole thing, how it was like how it was born. Tinder was born as a service to hook people up. Okay, so let's say something. Would you would you go into um, I'm just playing another. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, would you go into um, a club mm -hmm. and then I don't know or a bar or said. Wow, that girl really talks something very like her conversation is amazing. Yes. Or would you or, or like if you're seeing from far away, or would you like, oh man, that girl, that guy, yeah, so cute, regardless, so hot, or whatever. It, the image is will be the the, the 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 first thing to strike you yes. anyway. That's that's my. Um. Well, not necessarily in that scenario. Yes, but in a scenario of like, well, I'm out with some friends. And that we they invited a mutual like a, a friend of theirs that I didn't know or something like that, and we hit it off just in conversation. That changes things because that's not purely I, built I totally on agree. on on f like physical attraction from across a room. That person is attractive. I'm going to go talk to them. Like to be honest, I've hardly ever done that in my life, and I think that the the separation that we're talking about that technology has given us is making it harder and harder for people. To feel comfortable approaching people one-on-one -on -one in real life. Like, the last few dates I've been on have been a, the result of that. Of just going up to them physically and being like, hey, what's up? But, as a guy, there's an inherent, which was one of my 
other issues with you. There's kind of, not <laughs> with what you said. Oh, with what you said. With what you said. With what you said. There's this. There's this. Uh, <laughs> there's kind of like an implied creepiness that we have to prove that we're not versus um, versus being assumed that we aren't. You know, like your whole thing about. Tinder being like, well, I'd want to make sure that they weren't like a crazy person first is, of course, like valid. <laughs> but at the same time, like 95% of people have Tinder on their phones. So yeah, yeah. you're like your your fear of, well, this person might be crazy is no more or less a fear in it on Tinder as it is in real life. Okay. I like taking somebody home from the bar that you don't know. Which I'm not saying you do that, but people do it. Yeah. Taking somebody home from... I've done it. I know many <laughs> women who do it. It's fine. There's I, nothing I, wrong I, with I it. I had a friend that did it. There's nothing wrong with it. People do it all the time. That's the point. People do it all the time. And you end up going back to some dude's house or some girl's house that you don't know. Without really thinking about it. And But then when we start to talk about, well, I'm going to go on a date with a Tinder person and I want to meet in a public place and da 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 Like, all of that stuff is valid until you kind of push it against what you can't, you actually really want in the in a real scenario is somebody coming up to you out of the blue, right? And be, and being an interesting person and chatting you, right? Um, I have a couple of thoughts about that. First of all, uh, if somebody comes out of the blue and talks to you, if it's entirely random and there's no connection to that person whatsoever, I would probably be very cautious about how I proceed with that. Um, but if it's somebody, you know, friend of a friend, at a party, casual, social gathering, um, I there is already, just being in that situation already removes a barrier that is there when you're on Tinder. Whereas, um, when you're on Tinder, you can initially break that first barrier of the first contact, uh, but then there's also the one where you actually feel that person's vibe. And uh, going back a little bit on what we, to what we were talking about a while ago, um, the vibe that you, and that sense that you get of that person uh, while being physically in the same place, I think is something mm. that uh, no technology, no technological tool can substitute. Hmm. Not even like the yeah. in the closest way that you can talk, which is through like FaceTime or a video mm -hmm. call. Um, there's still nothing that will sort of like like that will give you that sense. Mm. Uh, there's a big gap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and um, yeah. I, I, it's probably because I've never been on a Tinder date that I'm so cautious about all this. But I would say that if I were to meet somebody, and I'm not saying that it can't happen because obviously it has happened to a lot of people, but if I were to meet somebody because I wanted to find somebody that I could connect with and potentially be with for a while, uh, that would give me the best sense of whether it's going in a good direction or not. I'm not mm -hmm. going to go to the end result, of course, but at least I'm going to know if that's the right, if it's a step in the right direction. Hmm. Right? And I think that's where I would say that uh, technology is also kind of like a crutch to social interaction uh, because we rely so much on technology to communicate now. Maybe we are, we are feeling that because we have that, we don't have to, whereas if we didn't have it, would we be a little more courageous to step 
out there and talk yeah. to that person yeah. in uh, social yeah. gatherings? Or well, what? not even that. And draw. Just sorry before you go, I have one last point to make. Like I think that there's this romanticized idea. You know, we see it in movies all the time of that situation of like, ooh, these two people like dropped something beside each other on the train and they pick them up and they see each other and they go for a coffee or whatever and hit it off. And that's their whole, this is the romance, the beginning of the romantic comedy. And I like a lot of times when I talk to women, they seem to want that. They seem to want, oh, I, w I wish a guy would be more like, would just like come up and ask me out rather than like trying to be all kind of like, I don't know, like weird about it in a way or yeah, sneaky about it almost because I mean, personally, we, I feel like we almost have to be because we can't do that anymore. Like if I'm sitting, standing beside a woman on the train and I notice she's reading a book that I like, that's a perfectly, in my opinion, perfectly valid excuse to start up a conversation with this person like oh yeah i love that book and and that's how people used to meet each okay. other and then we but can't do that anymore because now i'm a freak on the train that's yeah, talking to this that's, girl okay that's 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 something you touched something that i really wanted to it's something that i tried milk? to you guys want milk for your coffees <laughs> i'm all right thank you okay <laughs> i was <laughs> i was trying to figure it out for a long time and i'm glad to have you here for because that's a cool, cool conversation i always wanted to talk to you about that that's that's like the same line there. So, especially here in, in Canada, back home was a little bit different. It's more, I think back home, like in Brazil, it's more straightforward to the point where you just, if you want to hook up for a night, you just do it. And it's not a big deal. And everyone does it. And, and it's different in here, I thought. Uh, now here, that point where, where are you being a freak that you just you know you're interested in a girl that you see that she's reading the book that you read two days ago and to a point where you're hitting and being inconvenient and and, and why not you know um where's see. that line where's that line well first of all you'd have to probably make sure that uh that she could be receptive to some, an interaction like that if she is Check the and rings? Is that what you're talking about? No. Because oh, I definitely do <laughs> well, that. Well, that, that, that as well, right? Though, like, if, if ah. she's wearing a ring and you still want to hit up a conversation, that's fine. Um, just, you, I think your body language is what reflects your intentions and the way in which somebody presents themselves uh, in that first interaction is key to finding out what's going on. Uh, in that person's head. Um, if I were reading a book on the train um, and somebody came up to me and asked about it and, st and came up with a conversation for it, I'd be like, I would probably be open to hearing about it because it means that they're approaching me because of something that is like something that I like being recognized for and probably not just because of appearances or whatever. If it's just something uh, related to appearances, and I'd be like, oh, okay, this is a little creepy. But if it shows that there's a little more thought hmm. into the conversation other than physical uh, aspect, uh, then I would probably be a little more open to that. And it, and it depends uh, entirely on the body language. Yeah. If it's somebody who respects your personal space, and if it's somebody who seems friendly and approachable, uh, then, yeah, I'd be more open to that. Oh, but if it's somebody who clearly crosses a boundary in my personal space and who is sort of like heavy on how the way they're looking at me, um, 
then I would shut out entirely from that conversation. <laughs> and um, and I want to end it politely, obviously, because if you end it, uh, if not politely, you could never know how that other person reacts. But I would try to end that conversation politely. Um, Try to make the best out of it, I guess, and uh, leave as soon as possible. Would you say, would you say that's. Um, <coughs> just need some water there, Matt? I'm good. <laughs> You're actually better than you were before, I think. Yeah, I know, I needed that. It'd been a while. <laughs> uh, anyway, would you say that that's one of the. one of the differences between how men and women see uh, relationships or um, how they engage with each other? Whereas, like, the man would totally go just for the physical. I'm not saying that the only thing, but he would... I, I, most of the men that I know would just, like, okay, she's hot, I would just, like, go out with her because she's... You know? Uh, whereas the, the woman, they have... They had to know something else. They had to... Uh, uh, I don't know. Most of the time, it's just not enough to, to be hot. Yeah, no. Um, and it's... Uh, probably a I don't want to say a misconception but it's probably somewhat of a of a judgment that has become a little more uh, common amongst women is uh, if somebody is hot and they like when you when you date a hot guy for example they could be hot and smart but <laughs> somebody who's hot and smart, right? But when, usually when uh, you approach a guy, or when a guy who's hot approaches you, uh, I think that the first instinct for me and for a lot of other women too could be this guy's a jerk. Right? Why is that the first instinct? Because when somebody is good looking and knows that they could have it a little easier because of their looks, uh, the first thought is that they're pretty cocky about it. Right? So when somebody's... Uh, overconfident of their ability to woo you through the first image, I think that's, it's a little intimidating because um, it means that just because we approached you, you will already like, like them. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it has to be a little more about that, plus nobody wants to date a hot guy who's an idiot. Well, yeah, nobody wants to date an idiot, it doesn't matter, like, hot or not, yeah. but like, I'm there are people that don't care. There are people that just don't care. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. There are people that are just like, she's hot or he's hot, and I don't care that they're dumb or whatever. Like, but those are those people aren't looking for yeah, long term things. They're they just want to have sex with a yeah, hot person. We are, we are not talking to you, uh, these people. <laughs> you not listen to our podcast. Anymore. Yes. <laughs> yes, all of our loyal listeners, future listeners. Um, no, I think that's. I don't know, like, I, I totally agree with you, but I also think that it's super unfair, and that it, it's a pervasive sort of thing that we're all feeling of, like, okay, if a hot guy, if a super hot guy can't even go up to you on the street and, and like, look you up and down and be like, wow, you are, like, one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen, would you like to go have a grab, grab a cup of coffee? If that person can't say that, like, we definitely can't. And then, so we are, we have to resort to Tinder or to, um, well, I didn't get your number when I first talked to you, but hey, I'm friends with you on Facebook or I'm friends with your friend on Facebook. And so I'll send you a message that way, which sounds super creepy, but 
in the context of how we live now, it's not any that like that's less creepy than going to talk to you on the street. How does that make sense? I, I don't know. Um, I don't it's think it's point. less. I don't think it's necessarily less or more creepy. But it's again that uh, that first uh, like your calling card that you come up to that person with, whether it's in person or through a through a platform. Um, if the first thing is I want to go out on a date with you, that's already kind of a barrier because because hmm. that if we're talking, it implies romantic things more than just like a conversation yeah exactly and i don't think anybody wants to like anybody who is not looking for a one-night thing uh wants to feel like they're being uh talked to because of their looks i mean although it is the first thing that you see and what really calls you to that person um i don't think women necessarily want to be um want to have that as what people like most about them because if it's that superficial, then it could say that you're a shallow person and, if, and that they're just there because of your looks and not because, like, they, about what there's, what, what else there is about you other than your looks. So if, if somebody who I don't know comes up to me and says, I want to go out on a date with you, I'd be like, no, because... We need, there needs to well, be something there, Yeah, else. obviously there needs to be more than that. There but needs to be something else. Let me just say, yeah. like, my, my first experience when I... When Can I you, mean, like, you're going to show up for my show and not turn your fucking phone on? Yeah, I'm sorry. It was my mom. How rude. She, she, uh, well, oh, no, we'll put her on the okay, phone. So put her on the line. Uh, Forget, we got, we got Mrs. Macu. speak Brazilian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can translate. <laughs> um, so, yeah. My first experience on Tinder, just um, me and my girlfriend for two years, we just broke up and Tinder was just a thing. You were looking at your phone right now. I'm going to take a picture of us. Ah, all right. So keep talking. Yeah, okay. Well, well then, um, I wanted to use that and see if people, um, I'm gonna, just going to pause here for Matt to take his picture here. And uh, <laughs> I want to see how, how they, that, that, that worked. So I call up the... Uh, just we match in Tinder, then uh, we set up a date in a bar, and from the bar she invited me to her place, and she was driving, so she drove me to her place. We went to her place, then she dropped me back home, and How like nice. no, no, and like that in is the really way, nice. I have never way. had, I don't think I've ever had a girl I do that. that nice. way. I was thinking like, <laughs> oh man, I'm a stud. And then I arrived and I was like, dear Lord, I've been used. <laughs> <laughs> Only then you realize that. No, so you know what? Like, we know that yeah. from the very no, beginning. Seriously, it like, took you a whole day to find that out. I, 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 like, to be completely honest, that was like, it was, when I arrived home, I was like, that's a fucking weird. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, I, she knew it. She never, she never called me back. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, so this is a perfect example. Okay, A, women do this shit too. And uh, I don't know, like, I was thinking kind of, like, it's the same lines. I actually had that happen not recently. A girl, like, totally used me that way. And yeah, like, it was just like, I felt like telling her to fuck off. And I did eventually. But, like, um, (laughs) Powell's point about, like, I would never want somebody to come off the street and just be like, you're hot, let's go out. I would love it if somebody came up to me and said that. Like I, I've said so many times. I, 
You're just it's true. I know, I know. Well, we go out. <laughs> we just split the right, bill. I'll that's give all. You some but space. like, but <laughs> I'll give you some privacy. I take you out. I take you places. Uh, no, um, okay. like I think that's a fundamental disconnect between men and women. Absolutely. That is just like, just different wirings where like we want sex all the time. Like it is literally on our mind all the time. And the the fact that we can somehow suppress that into having having even vaguely intelligent conversation with women is a feat in itself. Like, and you, you don't understand this. Like, you just don't. No, I probably don't. And there's things that we just don't understand vice versa, right? And But these are the types of things that I want to get to the, the root of because it's so interesting to me that, like, that we are so wired for it, yeah. right, as yeah. men. Yeah. Like, that is what it is. That's yeah. biologically our function. And so everything that we do, literally everything, is in the pursuit of that, in a way. Like, even even our life goals... No, I wouldn't I'm, say that. Hang on, hang on. Even our life goals can be. I'm not saying for all people. But... There, I, I think that for like there is a biological thing that is driving you that is like, if I can be a success at what I want, then I can have what I want that includes like a, a woman that or a partner that is for me. You know, not like my property, but like you know a piece of you. Which like, is like a complete mistake. I'm not saying that that's because, like. I'm not saying you know, that that's your your actual that, like. I, that's not saying that's your actual driver. I'm, I'm saying that it's like a biological impulse that we, like our 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 cell structure knows. Our our brain knows that if we are successful, then women will be attracted no, to listen, us, listen, and so we strive for success. No, what I think what I think is inaccurate is not you saying that. Okay. I think it, the, the inaccuracy is in that society thought, because... It's not, a, that's my point, is it's not it's a society a, thought, it's a biological no, thought. No, it's not biological, man, that you have to be very successful to have... No, no, that's that, not that, it. So, so that's not it. you're talking about two things. Yeah, I'm talking okay. about, I'm so talking about how down. we, I'm talking about how we, uh, socially, yeah, depending on the social context, how we expose that very basic biological impulse that is mating. It's because there's the so there's the biological, I totally agree with you, and there's the social. The but the social that, is that, in that, pursuit that, of the biological. No, man. The social is just crazy. It's fucked up in the head, man. Yeah, because it's in pursuit of this biological... No, man. Yes. All right, all right, all right. I'm yes. Gonna, I'm going to break it down. <laughs> um, all right. The answer that you're looking for, it's uh, it comes down to one thing. Safety. Safety? Yes. Uh, women are always looking over their shoulder for when it come, when there's a guy who is... You could say after them. Okay. The first thing in that, a bad way. Yes, okay. in a bad way. Um, and it's not because obviously not all men. I know what you're gonna say. <sighs> obviously not all men are are deserving of this level of care. But because there are men that can be almost predatory uh, when it comes to when, when it comes to like approaching women in situations mm -hmm. like these, um, the first instinct is to be careful. Uh, mm -hmm. You never 
fall headfirst into anything with a guy that you don't know because mm. simply you don't know them. And yes, they could be great people, right? Ninety nine percent of men are great people, or less or more. Well, that's my question. Like, but is that? But it's yeah. but in terms but in terms of safety, um, I don't know if the if other women's experience is similar or diff how similar or different it is mm. to mine. Um, as a woman comes from Mexico who is constantly and well not constantly always on the lookout for any potential danger coming particularly from men mm -hmm. even in a safe environment with somebody who has the best intentions in mind you are careful mm -hmm. and I mean women can be thinking about sex all the time as well it's just that there are other instincts that come before that uh, that kick in before the so, sex part. So you would say safety. that you would say that that safety impulse is a biological thing, or is that that's built on just like your your not your personally, but our you know social context and the fact that yes, you know, so sexual assaults and and rapes and, and terrible things happen, um, and so you have to be on the on you know the wary side of things uh, for for that type of stuff. Uh, do you think that drives that, or do you think it's a like it's a base biological uh, instinct for safety? Well, um, when it comes to levels of needs for uh, human biologically, I think uh, safety is safety comes before mating, uh, having shelter, having food. And having a place where you feel where you feel safe. Well, having a mate would be part of that too, though, wouldn't it? Not necessarily, though. If mate, well, if, in if, our if in our talk just about mating, then it's just you know once the mating is over, with uh, you can both go your own way. Well, life. but but safety, uh, but but safety is definitely uh, a thing to consider way before the actual um, mating okay. part. Can but I? We can still think about sex all the time. That's totally fair. We were talking about this a couple of months ago, um, and that's one thing. Like, uh, in South America, Central America, whatever, uh, we have this constant fear of walking in the street and being mugged, or uh, someone coming with a gun and, or with a knife. But we, as men, our most fear is to be mugged, or to be robbed, or to be shot. But women have a fear that is way, way, like it's huge, mm -hmm. which is to be abused, mm -hmm. to be raped. We don't feel that in, yeah. in the skin. Yeah. They carry that generation yeah. from generation. And that's like something that it's, it's We just really can't fucked. comprehend. We can't comprehend that. Yeah, like that's, I mean... We were talking earlier about coming from like an impoverished country versus growing up the way that I did, which is, you know, in, in affluence, to be honest, like, that's kind of like the feeling, right? Like, you, in that setting, you feel that, like, we just don't, we have no comprehension of how it feels to walk down the street like that. My thought on it is, like, you say 99% of men are not like that, and I think that's true, so is the... Is the number of people that may or may not be this way worth living in like constant fear of it like that? Like that, like to me, that's no different than than walking around in fear that I'm gonna be in a terrorist bombing. Like it could happen, but like it, the the statistics are so astronomical 
that worrying about it is not even worth worrying about. Oh. And I'm not saying it's not worth worrying about. I'm just saying, like... That's a fair point. Yeah, I'm just curious if you actually think that there are that many people out there who will do that. And maybe there are, because we hear about it a lot, but we also hear about terrorism but a lot, and we also hear about car accidents see, a lot. It's not only a matter of... Um, think that someone is or not. It's almost instinctive in our case. Mm. Um, yeah, you have, you, you have to build uh, yourself up with enough courage to uh, go someplace and not feel like fearful for your life all the time because that is clearly no way to live. You have to get over it at some point. But there are measures that you mm -hmm. take uh, in order to avoid uh, running into, into an interaction like that. And the first of all is definitely being wary of who you start a conversation with because uh, you don't know and well they could be really great people you really really never know and you just need a few moments to really like gauge up how safe or not that person is in general mm -hmm. uh, in that situation which could be in a public place uh, during daytime or anything else but it is uh, a precaution that at least uh, where I grew up, every woman takes, um, and it's always there. I was just reading this morning about the news of, l yesterday I read the news about one woman in Mexico, a 19-year-old uh, teenager, who took a cab home, uh, a cabify cab from the nightclub to her house, never made it home. Uh, and you're hoping that a service like Cabify will offer safety for mm -hmm. their riders because obviously you're going to want to take a cabify when after a night of drinking right mm -hmm. you're not going to want to drive or it might just be too late for anybody else and you're counting on that safety and when it isn't when you when you realize that you've let your guard down that's when it happens so it, even if it has never happened to you uh because you hear about it happening to other people you don't want to let your guard down ever uh, yeah. if, you're, if you're intoxicated, if you are, if you let your guard down, that's when it's easier to happen. So you keep your guard up, not because some danger is going to be around you all the time, but because if it is, you want to be yeah. as prepared as you can be okay. to avoid that unpleasant interaction. And I, I get that, and like I don't come from a culture that has this very, like, even like Mexico. I don't think is that bad, but like we watch uh, that. You know, even that little bit of that documentary that Brandon presented about India, and like, it yeah, just like it, it. I still can't even really think about it. like just awful the things that they describe doing to these people, and you can see the culture just being like, well, they shouldn't have been out at night, and you're like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. But, but it's not only there. Now this instinctive fear that we're talking about, mm -hmm. it's just like, like a practical example. When I arrive here. In Canada, there's a, a creek that I had to 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 go through to get into into my house in North Vancouver. Yeah. So I was coming back home late. It was around ten o'clock, and someone was coming towards me by the other end. Oh. I froze it. I was ready to run or to punch or to. Because back home, that's what happens, man. Yeah, yeah that's when Ten? you really tighten up and you're like, that's, that's when your fight or flight reaction yeah. is, you know it's about to kick in. Yeah, I uh, didn't, that just I, triggers yeah. it. I didn't, I didn't uh, thought about it. I didn't say, no, no, this is kind of, no, man, I was ready to, yeah. because there were so many times that I had to run or I had <laughs> to do something, so like, 
one of those one of those times it was just like it was late at night I just got into a very bad neighborhood in the city that I know mm -hmm. I so I just put my hoodie on and I just like make like a, like I was crazy and like, rah, rah, like people say the fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad around, strategy. That is that's a good strategy. And people were just like looking at me and I was like totally crazy, just like going in the street crazy <laughs> because I thought I I knew it if I was just like walking straight like I am the man. Yeah. They, these people just like they were going to mug me, but like I, I did really play like a crazy guy in the street. That's that's a good call. I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll consider that. Clever. Although, but like I, I was thinking it's about just like it, surviving, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's the all same about strategy. survival, and you you just you won't let your guard down because everybody because there's danger around you all the time. But because if there is, you don't want to be caught off guard. Right, but I mean, obviously there is there is a an innate aspect to that too, because I feel that as well. And somebody that grew up in very safe circumstance, like. I don't even remember locking our doors in our houses as kids. Like, I still, in Calgary, living, like, in the city, in Calgary, like, I would leave my door unlocked sometimes and, like, not even really worry about it. And, but, like, but at the same time, if I was in that situation, and, like, yeah, just, like, in an alley or something or, like, just walking down the street in the dark and somebody's coming the same way, you just get prepared. But not in Calgary. I no, not yeah, you do. No, I still do. I don't that's what do I'm saying. anymore. You don't? No. Okay, that's interesting like, because I, I do. I used to walk. I used to walk in Sao Paulo, looking over my shoulder yeah. every 10, 15 minutes. Well, know. I'm not looking over you, my shoulder, but like. And that's. I find it not. interesting that you come from a very dangerous place. Um, and then you come to a, like a, a much safer country, and you, you don't feel that anymore. Versus me, who come from a very safe place in the same country, and even in my own city, I'm not saying I lived in f like I would ever live in fear or anything, but in a situation where it's nighttime and I'm crossing paths with somebody like this, especially like a big dude, I probably have my keys clutched in my hand in my pocket just because you okay. never know. All right, now I'm gonna put another. I did see somebody I'm, get the I'm, shit kicked I'm, out of them, I'm and that guy followed me, and it really freaked me out. I'm gonna put another situation to that big dude coming towards you. Yeah. Imagine if you were a girl. Just like. Yeah, I can't. Not, I can't. You see? I know. That's the kind this of. This is what's fun about these conversations, you guys. But I think we should go on to uh, <laughs> something a little bit more, a little bit nicer. <laughs> All right. Let's. Um, but 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 adjacent. Sort of. Okay, I, I would love to. Um, I would love, Paulina, you to, for you to uh, tell a little bit more about your um, the project, the, the serious project that. Oh. About. Yeah. Awesome. About the woman in the radio and the harassment place, which is adjacent. Adjacent, but. Sure. Absolutely. Talk yeah. Talk a little bit more about. Well, uh, while in film school, I worked on a project which consisted uh, consisted on developing a TV pilot. Uh, for an original drama series. Uh, my project is called Offside or Fuera del Lugar in Spanish, which is the target language. Um, it's about a woman who is a... she's a news presenter on a, on a television sports network. Mm -hmm. um, and it's set in Mexico City, which is well, it's where I grew up in and the, really the society that I know best in. Uh, I see no. I don't see this story playing out in North America, anywhere in the United States or Canada at all. Because well, it could be 
in, to a certain level, but not to the degree that I'm uh, hoping to explore in my project. Um, and the theme, the main theme for this show is about renovating oneself. Uh, and while, while that could apply to several instances in daily life, um, I particularly wanted to explore sexism in the workplace, particularly in Mexican society, where, and especially somewhere uh, where the difference between men and women is so uh, wide. It's sports, sports broadcasting. Sports broadcasting. And uh, while I was in Canada while developing that project and explaining the situation to my Canadian instructors was sometimes a bit of a challenge because uh, they couldn't really imagine a woman being treated in such a way because uh, of the way they knew that sports broadcasting worked in Canada. But once you open up that uh, perspective to a society where it is acceptable to deny a woman a job because she is a woman, mm. um, I think that's when it really started to interest them and how I got all the help that I could need uh, from my instructors being a lot more receptive to what I was saying. Um, so I have a, I have a scene um, in my pilot that takes place in a strip club. My f a few of my instructors gave me feedback and said that it was they find they found it hard to believe that producers and technical uh, people at a lower level were finding it so easy to just go to a strip club after work. Um, hmm. So I went back to my friend Gabriel <coughs> uh, back home who has worked on ESPN and several uh, sports outlets over time, and. Uh, I said I told them about this. I told them that my instructor said that they found it uh, hard to believe that they would go to a strip club, and he said it is absolutely real, a hundred percent. They uh, late at night because some of these people end their shifts at two in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, it's television, right? It mm -hmm. works twenty four seven. Um, they would very casually, as if they were saying, "Let's go for coffee, let's go for lunch." They would say, "Let's go get some girls." And the way in which they treated them inside the place, I've never been to a strip club either, I gotta admit that, and I don't really want to go there, but I've been looking around for somebody who would tell me about their experience in strip clubs, and uh, I think I got it right when I said that these uh, producers and these people who work in television uh, not only treat women who are at their level, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. uh, in the workplace, but also women who they pay to give them a, some kind of sexual service mm -hmm. exchange, right? Um, so this is a project that I feel very passionate about, and I'm trying to uh, get other people to read it as well, to get feedback, or to probably get it to the right person uh, who will want to take interest, because uh, I think it's very important not just for women, and not just for men, but also for women to know when their rights or not uh or their personal like they are getting they're not getting the treatment they mm -hmm. deserve and identifying it <coughs> is the first step in in achieving gender equality hmm. okay. i hope yeah. that my show does that and if i need to work it a little more Can to make it a little more obvious to make it a comedy even to sort of like mock certain things and to sort of like create this image out of mockery, that's also fine, uh, but I do feel like it's very important that the media reflects or somehow tries to educate a little bit uh, in a very, in a not so rigid sense, but that depicts 
uh, what should what kind of uh, behavior should be called out? What I thought it was, what I thought it was a really interesting when you told me about was the perspective that you approached it. Um, can you like can you just like give a synopsis, or you rather not <coughs> of, of of the project? Uh, yes. Uh, well, the, it takes it takes place at a, at a network in Mexico City, as I mentioned before. The main characters are two women. The main character is named Nicole, and she is a presenter who has been working at the network for several years. And her goal is to break out from that, just like the presenter type of uh, person that she is right now. You know, the hot girl who posts. Uh, cute pics of herself on Instagram and men follow her and everything. Um, she wants to stop being that sort of like Barbie doll that just stands uh, in front of the camera and makes everything prettier. She wants to be a respected uh, analyst, but she feels like she depends on other people to get that opportunity. And I think she has to learn that she, if other people won't give it to her, she has to create her own. Uh, and that's a hard path to to take, but it's uh, still worth it at this point in time, even if you have to work five times harder than any guy to get the same level of respect that they do. Well, it's totally worth it, and you're just paving the way for other women to be able to do that with instead of five times more work, four times work, and so on and so on. Uh, but I think that there need to be examples of women who will not conform to what other people or what other men tell them to be and it also and um, the second uh, the second main character uh, that's a younger girl named Stephanie and what I want Nicole to also uh, portray is somewhat of the internalized misogyny that uh, that some women still sort of like go by especially in Mexico I found that a lot of women still internalized misogyny and don't see it and I think that it's very important for women to see it first so that men can also see it right if we in our own uh, skin don't see what's being uh, what, what way we should treat ourselves and respect ourselves uh, then other people won't so it starts by I think it's a uh, first step right there hmm. cool. cool yeah that's interesting I like that and you know like I think that it plays in more uh, more markets than you'd think like I think that there is I mean it's definitely better here stuff like that I think overall but at the same time I think because of that we like to think that it just doesn't exist which is not true at all like obviously there's pay inequality and there's like there's not uh I don't think there's ever really, like, well, she's a woman, so I won't hire her, ever. Not well, that open, not, not that, not exactly, not that open. But, well, if only one woman applies to the job and there's ten guys, A, there's more chance that a guy will get it just because, but B, uh, I mean, like, men are just comfortable working with each other a lot of the time. I mean, a lot of the time that's not true. Like, personally, I like having women around because you need to have different perspectives on everything like it's it's important i think uh but you know i worked in in finance before coming out here and uh it, i worked on a floor or on a, in an office with 150 
investment advisors, and I think three of them were women. Wow. And uh, they all have associates, myself included. I was an associate. And that group was probably about 80 to 90% women. I think that uh, young girls from a, ver from a very, very early age are somehow shown that there are certain paths that are easier or better for women than they are for men. So it's not because women are not capable, but from very oh, early no, in their not. lives, um, they are sort sort of shown that there are careers that are better for women. If I not in that very strict sense, but uh, if a woman, if a if a young girl has is exposed to careers that are sort of like more for women, like psychology, communication, like in my dear alma mater, Laibero. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, that's that's the interest you take from a very early age, and they're not as exposed to, for example, science and uh, mathematics and engineering from a very early hmm. age because that's 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 not for girls. You know, you know they're more interested in other things. So it's I think it starts from very early that um, that exposure, and it could be totally subconscious. Uh, but if we were a little more conscious about what uh, areas of interest boys and girls are exposed to based on their gender, mm -hmm. um, we could probably change that, not change that entirely, but start a little change uh, that starts uh, showing in a few years. Uh, Paulina, would you agree that like, for the past years, not, not only, I, I would say more about Brazil, but we talk about that too, uh, Mexico as well, um, the the most important social movements that happened um, in, in Brazil like in the, in the past years were made by um, homosexual people, women, um, and um, Other minorities. students, and, and not even like university students, like the, like the high school students. High school students, they stopped the country like a, a year and a half That's ago. That's cool. That's cool. It was really cool. It, it, and uh, my question is, would, would, you, would you say that we are going through a second women's uh, revolution uh, as, uh, as it was in the, in the, in the 50s? I think, I think that uh, women are starting to realize what behavior is okay and what isn't. And not just realizing that, but also... Uh, calling it out. Uh, I think I, every day more and more women that I know and that I don't know uh, are starting to stand up for themselves when they aren't treated in a matter that is equal. Um, and I don't, and I do see a lot of women uh, just talking about it even more and having a conversation I think is a, is a starting point in a change, uh, and although several of the determining aspects of how a country or how a city is run uh, still depends on men, slowly women are getting in there as well to have uh, an equal share in what's in the decisions, you know what I mean? And I know it's hard and it could be scary because women constantly get talked over in meetings and professional settings, there are less women and even amongst women, uh, sometimes they are pitted against each other. Um, it's hard. It's hard to confront that fear, but I feel like once 
these young girls who aren't uh, yet tainted <laughs> by those uh, by those impressions, uh, it'll be uh, it'll be better for women to reach uh, gender equality. Not an absolute one, but it it will be some a bit more of a of a tangible reality soon enough if uh, girls are courageous enough. I think um, I think that that's coming a lot quicker than some women especially today kind of would like or like present themselves as thinking I don't know or like I don't know like I I uh I see so many kind of like very pro-feminist things get posted by like people such as yourself and a lot of my friends which is like it's great but a lot of it also very much attacks men in a way that like is is valid in some ways but also as somebody who has grown up with no prejudice against women and totally believes in equality and many people like people across our generation feel that way for the for the vast majority of people you know that are like under 30 let's say feel this way and so when i see what, what like when i see that stuff and i read it it kind of irks me a little bit because i'm like I don't feel that way about people and yet I feel like I'm getting vilified just because. Matt, uh, I, have, I have a friend that told me, uh, a friend, a woman friend that told me, I, I said the same thing to her, you know what she told me? What did she say? She said, it's not about you anymore. No, I get that. <laughs> no, that's, that, no, yeah, that's fair. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, and, and, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I understand. No, no, I get that, but like, I guess. Yeah. You, you, you've you've always had certain rights and expectations laid on you that aren't necessarily uh, that that aren't that vilify you, right? Um, and once you start feeling that those things get taken away, you feel you feel irked, right? Which is uh, the the initial assumption that you will not be weaker than somebody else, right? Um, and it's all right. I totally understand where you're coming from, uh, but it's definitely not about that. And if you feel irked, um, I it's because that's what you've what you've been given all the time. And now that it's different, obviously it feels different. It feels like a shift, right? Uh, but it no, doesn't but mean like... to it doesn't mean to vilify you or or it, I mean, if you know that yourself, you are. Uh, no wait, let me rephrase that. Um, but if you but if you feel like that's like you're being personally attacked, um, you're not. It, you're definitely not. And even if you feel in that in that group of people who are being let's say called out on something, um, it's definitely it's never meant to be that. And if it doesn't mean to point you out, but it's to sort of like encourage a self reflection in case that if you've ever not because you're uh, a bad person or uh, misogynist, but if you've ever incurred in any kind of behavior that doesn't f doesn't make other that doesn't make women feel equal to men, then it's a good moment of self-reflection. And if you and you could probably change that if you find that, and that's I think that's uh, the ultimate goal for yeah. this. If you find that other men's behavior reflects your own, even if your your intention is not to. Uh, feel anybody else feel unequal 
um, then it's a good. Then you can very quietly, personally mm -hmm. change that, and you'll make the people around you feel more comfortable and better around you. Um, Matt, you yeah. know what's something um, that um, when I was talking to, to uh, just before you go, I just want to like it is an internal thing because often when I see that stuff posted. I purposely, like, I have thoughts about it, yeah. but I don't yeah. comment on it, and yeah. I actually did with Exandria the other yeah. day, and it did not turn yes, out well. it won't. And that's why I was like, oh yeah, that's why I don't do this, <laughs> like, fuck. But you know why? Yeah. It's because... It's not about me. It's not about... And, and it's not about us. It's not about men. It's about women it's, and their, it's, their right. struggles but, and stuff. But yeah. I'm gonna tell you something. Yeah. We, Caucasian white men... Yeah, I mean, I, I see white men because in my country I'm, I'm white. I'm here, here I'm Fair Latino, enough. but okay. in yeah. my country I'm just like yeah. a white boy. Okay. Um, we are. We, we had to improve our thoughts. We. we Wait, uh, hold no, on, because no, this no, is no, what no, bothers no, me. No, like, no, I don't no, think no, personally no, no, I do, wait, and wait, so the implication wait, that we do wait, is wait, bullshit. Let me, let me finish the show. Okay, sorry. Okay, what I'm saying is that. We are not getting where they are getting. Our way of, our trend of thought, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to that stuff, mm -hmm. it's hitting into a wall that we cannot surpass that. So we feel attacked, but it's because we have to, uh, we have to go, we have to think better than that, man. We have to do better than that. We're becoming, and you know what? We're becoming the most uninteresting people on earth. Yeah. Caucasian white men I know. are the most uninteresting people in the world. Because we have nothing else to say. We already said, and we have said the same, wait, we have said the same thing for the past 50, 60 years, and now there are other people saying yeah. stuff that are much more valuable yeah. to, to evolve as human beings yeah, as, I we, agree. as we do. And now we, we are uh, having our, our, uh, our structure being, uh, we're seeing that, wait, Maybe I was, maybe I, I, I thought I didn't have prejudice, but actually I do. So you know what? I don't say that I, I never say that I, oh, I, I'm a, I'm a feminist because I know that I have a lot of sexism uh, patterns on me. I try to fight against them. Mm -hmm. I try to evolve, but there's. Yeah, so, sometimes path. they're totally engraved in your brain, and, and you're not you're not a bad person for that. If that's how if that's how you grew up, well, there's no changing that. But uh, I do think you're like quite a feminist because I've had awesome conversations with you, and even though you you have certain behavior patterns, you are aware of them and you actively try to correct them once you recent. know that you're doing. That's recent. That was hey, before. I don't care how recent it that... is. You're doing it now, and that's well, amazing. But so isn't that though to say that? Because you said just before that in the same sentence, like, you can't help the way you grew up and that's okay. But it's not okay. Because we have the capacity to learn and change ourselves. Like, Joao was talking about, like, i sure I need to do it in any other ways as well. Like, uh, you... There's no excuse anymore for prejudice, yeah, in exactly. my opinion. And, and uh, so, like, no, like, it doesn't matter how you grew up. I'm sorry. Like, you grew up in fucking strict Christian household that was racist and homophobic. You have a fucking cell phone that can tell you that all that stuff's bullshit. Yeah, so shut up and totally, figure it out. Totally. Uh, in the way you grew up with, you can't change that now, but you certainly can uh, change 
how you react and how uh, these uh, things affect you and how you treat other people. If you grew up in a super strict uh, Christian household, uh, well, you can't change that, but you definitely can choose how you act and how you think uh, and how you reflect upon your own behavior. So even if it's just recent that you've started really considering whether something you say or do is sexist, uh, that's my end goal for me having these conversations. Mm -hmm. uh, if I find that you did something that uh, somehow is sexist, I don't want to feel you make you feel ashamed for it, even though sometimes I'm so passionate about this that I go a little overboard with my reactions. Uh, but I do try to explain in a very calm uh, and polite manner so that whoever I'm talking to is open to, hear to hearing what I'm saying. Um, if you did something that I think is, or not that I think, but that is sexist, uh, I will try to say, hey, uh, listen, the, this thing that you're, make, that you're doing is making me feel this way. And uh, don't feel, don't, like, don't, I don't mean to make you feel bad for it, but next time a situation like this arises, try thinking of it this way or reacting this way. And if you take that home and you can really internalize sort of like that question that I'm uh, planting in your brain, uh, that's, that's like a successful conversation for mm -hmm. me. So I don't want to make you feel ashamed because if you grow up, you can't change yeah. that. But you can affect how you react next time or how you think next time. And uh, that's a little, that's a small victory for mm -hmm. me in having these conversations. So if anything that you do when I call you out and it, uh, you feel attacked, well, get over that, uh, to give yourself a couple of seconds to get over that uh, like feeling of being attacked, and then reflect on how, on what I'm, on what I'm trying to say to you, hmm. and it's never to make you feel ashamed for it. Yeah, no, I, I like, I mean, some women definitely do, like, antagonize mm -hmm. a lot, uh, very, like, a small minority, obviously, but uh, I've never really felt that way from any of my friends, but it, it's just... It's more like the articles that get posted and stuff that everybody like rah rah rahs around and then I read the article and I'm like, okay yeah I like a lot of it is nice but a lot of it is sexist, but are against against men and that's like there's this kind of goes back to what you got about uh, with like well the white men like us the Caucasian white men have nothing interesting left to say. <laughs> Which, like, I, I kind of... Oh, no, I... Dude, hold on. Let me talk now. Um, I totally agree. And that... But part of that evolution is... Well, yeah, I am evolving. And I am learning. And I want to participate with these things. But I feel automatically excluded from an opinion because... Uh, my ancestors enslaved people. Or my ancestors came here and, like, raped and pillaged this land. And all that stuff is terrible. Um, I didn't do it. My ancestors were, 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 like, were, uh, uh, abusive against women and stuff like that, and were against women's rights and things. I'm not. And so, uh, when we're moving forward through this, you know, as we get close to equality, not just gender equality, but, like, racial equality and all this type of stuff, part of that is is allowing is allowing that voice to have more of a yes like th this is one of the tops I want to talk about yes there like globally there is 
like a white person oppression. Like that is like without a doubt, right? Like, and that's just been systematically built through imperialism from from Britain and from the U.S. and like all that type of stuff. That's just how it's how it's how our society has evolved, and we need to fight against it. Um, and in order to fight against it, in a one-on-one conversation, not in, not in a in a context of like, well, I'm I'm white, straight male, and you're uh, a, a black, you know, uh, gay person, and so you've obviously had uh, terrible struggles that I have no concept of whatsoever, like whatsoever. But I'm trying to understand it, and so can we not have a a one-on-one talk where my opinion on it is is just not just as valid, but is entertained to the point like like Powell, you said that we can have a polite discussion about it, okay. where I am not right. considered where I am not considered racist for maybe saying something okay. that might be considered racist because I just don't know. All right, but All right. I'm going to give you one example. Okay. So, there was a woman that worked on my... Oh, no, never mind. It doesn't matter. Go about your thing. Okay. Well, maybe... Help... <laughs> I just thought of, uh, of that. Maybe a thing that could help us <laughs> as Caucasian men is to think that for the past 20 years of social discussion, mm-hmm. we were asleep. Mm-hmm. Whereas minorities had to think and had to evolve in order to survive or in order to, uh, to, to have equal opportunities in society. Mm-hmm. In these 20, 30 years that they were uh, talking about and revolutionizing, and we were just still. And well, now, we just think lead. about, just wait, 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 wait. I, I, I know you are feeling personally attacked. But not maybe, personally attacked, just not but, acknowledged... But, because but, of the past is, terrible transgressions of of our of many different you know white Matt, cultures, what I'm saying is that we are now in a in a position that we have to listen mm-hmm. more than to argue, because we have we have for the past I don't know how many years our opinion was the almost the only one that counted. Yeah. You know, so now, but that doesn't mean that so doesn't now, count anymore. So now, uh, we are in a point where, okay, but what what I'm saying doesn't count. No, it counts, but it, it's just not that important. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Wait, can I can no, I respond no, to that? Sure. Because, because because this is yeah okay. Because we have we haven't evolved enough. You know, socially, to be part of this 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 discussion, I think that's why I'm I'm trying to learn, trying to learn more than 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 just to say. But can't you? Okay, like obviously you need to listen to learn. But, uh, and I like I'm totally on board with everything you're saying. I'm also just, I'm think I, f- I'm feeling like. It means that a, a white <sighs> sounds so fucking like racist. <laughs> you, want, you want a, a moment to? to... Uh, well, no. This is no. This is part of my point of like we were talking about like 
you know, Facebook and, you know, seeing that stuff posted and then commenting on it is like when I comment on Facebook, now everybody sees what I've posted and it could be like way off the reservation. Who know? Like, I don't know really because I'm asking questions and it's not really a fully formed thought. And yeah, you're allowed to pick those apart, but I don't want to have that discussion with my name attached to it, even though like we're doing it right here. I don't know. It just feels different where like anybody who's anybody can see. Although like, again, like we're just talking about it here. Anyways, I'm going off on a different train. I think I think what uh, Joao was trying to say here is that it's it, it's not that your opinion doesn't matter, um, but sometimes uh, when the issue is not related to you, then it's probably not the best time to voice your opinion. If there is an issue going on right now regarding women or people of color, mm -hmm. um, the the. Um, it's probably better to let their voices be heard and uh, well, maybe let your opinion take a backseat for a while if it doesn't affect you in a certain way. So if people are fighting for their own rights and you have, uh, and that doesn't affect you whatsoever, uh, then it's probably best to let other people talk. You know, uh, and it's not that it doesn't that it doesn't matter. Um, but I if I don't express my opinion to somebody like that then I won't learn about what is is maybe wrong with it or even right with it. Like, th this is kind of my point. Like, we'll keep your opinion out of it. But how is that equal? I'm not saying that my opinion should necessarily force an issue either way. I'm, like, personally, I'm curious about people's, about kind of any type of, you know, political, socioeconomic issue that is going on. And so... If I can have a discussion with somebody who is involved in that community or something, I'm going to ask them a lot of questions about it, and I want, I'm want i going to give my opinion about something because I want to hear what their opinion is of my opinion. Yeah, but you, you're, you're right right there. Um, asking questions is fine, and anybody will be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Uh, and it's perfectly fine. And I but I feel like I have to tiptoe around I that want, stuff I so much. People, I want people to ask questions so that I can uh, explain to them why this or that is important mm -hmm. to me or the, the issue I am uh, are talking about, right? For example, um, a bunch of men passed legislation so that women in, I don't remember what state in the US, uh, so that abortions were made illegal. Uh, yeah. Why are a bunch of men uh, discussing that yeah. instead yeah. of women? Yeah. It's not their bodies you and see, it's not affecting them. Yeah, that's again. I totally agree. Okay, can can we uh, can we go for a break? Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking the same thing. And can uh, just uh, can we play the song here? Uh, sure, I'll we, uh, with, uh, see Paul if Nina. I can. What is it? Ah, uh, oh, you know what it is. Just uh, just hold, just put your microphone down to no, your speaker why don't we for just, now. Can we attach this? Um, we probably can. We need something. I just need here. to. I, it would take me a second to figure it out here. We're
let's let's veer into something a little bit more abstract. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just I just wanna uh, say one last thing okay, to wrap ahead. up uh, our previous conversation. For sure. Um, I think that uh, whoever feels personally attacked, not by Regina George, but by <laughs> um, what I think what we want uh, those people to do is not to feel attacked. Definitely. Um, we want them to be receptive and listen to what they're saying and to make sure that uh, it's the right time to voice your opinion. So those white men who are passing legislation on abortion probably shouldn't really have a say on that or other people should also have a say. Different people say people who have a uterus and are actually concerned with yeah. abortions. Um, so I'd say take that example, you know, don't feel personally victimized or not taking away any of your current rights. Uh, just let other people talk. But do you take any solace in the fact that people of your generation that will soon be moving into positions of power, like in, in politics and stuff like that, as these people, you know, the people that you're talking about that are in these abortion debates and stuff that, yes, are all white men, but they're all like 70 year old white men, yeah. which makes it even worse, but also means that they're gonna die within like a decade. <laughs> and that the people that start to take their places will be people that are in their 30s and 40s, and people, you know, potentially, yeah, people of our age groups and stuff like that. that that's what I meant when I said like there will probably be a pretty rapid shift relatively soon. Not just in feminism, but in environmentalism and in like all of these kind of social issues that that we are really fighting for. You know, maybe not a lot of us actively, which is a, a problem of our generation, but like, you know, uh, pretty much against everything that like somebody like Donald Trump stands for, like, you have a whole generation of people that is a wave of like, nope, we're like, that's not going to happen. And that's why I think that somebody like, like Donald Trump happened because... It's like this last gasp of, of this, you know, group of people that feel their lifestyle uh, that has been in error in many ways being, like, ripped from their hands, you know? Like, these, these old people that, you know, oh, I didn't... Yeah. People didn't mix races when I was a kid and, like, you know, whatever, like, crazy stuff like that. Uh, that's getting like really really gripped away and like this is like oh shit like it's really the last time they have a grip of it <laughs> Boris Executive producer, the, I was the guy that owns the studios, telling just us. Just telling you that after the show, we have some uh, hot dogs provided by Warner Brothers. Yes, provided by Warner Brothers. <laughs> and that we are in no way affiliated. <laughs> Thank you for Warner Brothers. Thank you, Warner Brothers, for providing our food yeah. uh, stolen from the set. Yeah. Uh, well, we're we'll, not we'll, stolen. No, uh, we're stolen almost from given. the trash. From the trash. Okay, all right. So, okay. Uh, let's move on. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, we we got lots. We got many more podcasts. We'll get we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, I have a feeling Paulina will be a regular contributor. I okay. would love to. Yes. So, um, something more abstract, and I want to get your guys's. Can we? That's kind of nice. 
As long as we change up the genre a little bit, I do like the. No, I, I yeah. would change the genres. Just, just, just float between them. Yeah, so, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, it's gonna kind of undercut some tones, maybe, but we'll see how it goes. You'll be the DJ. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Afterlife. I don't know what your guys's like affiliations are or anything like that. And uh, Boris, you're not supposed to have a bone on the couch. You just, you should pull your jacket out from under. I mean. He'll just slobber all over. <laughs> Boris. Speaking about Fine. No, it's okay. life. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. And a bone inside of yeah. Boris' uh, mouth. I think that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know what your guys' religious affiliations or backgrounds are. Um, I'll just give you kind of my spiel and I want to hear your, your take on things. Um, you know, I don't. I. I like fully against most organized religion. I grew up Catholic, like my mom's family is like really, really Catholic. Um, and so like we'd go to church, you know, Easter's and stuff like that. And uh, But by the time I was like 14, I was like, this is bullshit, I'm not, I'm not showing up to this anymore. And so, but I don't think that that necessary, I think that there is a, a version of maybe an afterlife that can be explained by science. And, like, I'd love to talk to somebody that actually kind of would, like, be scientific about it and maybe be able to debunk a few thoughts, but, like... Unfortunately, we went to film school. Yeah, unfortunately. But that means that we can, that we can use our imaginations, right, to, to think about things. So, here, so I'll, I'll lay this down for you. So, like, and I wrote a script that's along the lines, I think I told you about this, but what if, like, energy has to be conserved, right? And there are so many different sort of forms of, of energy that we can't perceive as people, you know, like, like radiations that we can't see. And, um, you know, just, you know, like, like Boris, the dog can sense the world in a totally different way than I can, you know, he feels emotions in a way like, which are obviously like drawn off of, you know, feeling like like my heartbeat or like he can hear my heartbeat so he could hear it like pace up which would make him like you know so like because he can sense these things differently he's you know his view of the world is different and so because we have these different energy levels my thought is when we go to die all of these electrical impulses are are moving at like the speed of light you know in our brain you know those are our thoughts and our memories and you know our intelligence like that has to be, that has to, not has to go somewhere, like the energy has to go somewhere, and it could be just like farted out in heat, but, and that's probably what it is, <laughs> but like, what if it, what if, like for that last moment, you know, when like you just get this rush of, of electrical impulses in your brain, what if that to your perspective lasted forever, you know, because these things are moving at the speed of light and time is relative when that's happening and you're basically on this, like your, your mind is in this space, right? Your consciousness is in this space. Where are you seeing? Who knows? Like, we don't know, right? Because this has all only happened to people who are dead. So, <laughs> but like, I think that it's totally, I, I'm totally open with no uh, religious affiliation at all. 
I'm totally open to the possibility of an afterlife that involves like a consciousness moving to a different plane or a different dimension that we can't perceive. And, you know, maybe it can like fly off at the speed of light into like a different galaxy dimension or maybe like maybe they do float around like who knows like we don't know these things and so I am not I am totally closed to anything that we know the facts about like if it's a fact it's a fact until somebody shows me that it's not a fact anymore but stuff that we don't know I am totally like just open to, to hear people's kind of thoughts on it and uh yeah, there was a movie I saw that, that really kind of made me think about it, and it was called uh, I, Iris, or something like that. And it was about a, a biological, uh, an evolutionary biologist who was studying worms. And so he's like dissecting worms, and he's like looking at them under a microscope and stuff like that. And um, he starts dating this woman who's very spiritual and... Um, like, not like in a yoga sense, or yeah, in like a yoga sense, not in like a religious sense, really, like she's very kind of, you know, about different energy levels and stuff like that. And so, well, actually, no, she was really religious. Anyway, so she, they get into the stuff, into his work, and she's kind of questioning his, like, whole process, which he, he obviously believes people just die, you know, you just become dirt, and you, yeah. whatever. And... And she's like, she kind of has the same thought that I just brought up. You know, what about like these different sort of percept, like levels that we can't really perceive? And he was like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, consider the worm. Like, what are the senses of the worm? And, and he was like, well, the worm can taste and it can feel. And so she, she's like, so the worm has no concept of light. You could not explain to the worm what light is. And so, who's to say that there are, because there are so many things around us that we can't perceive. You know, we need radio, like a bunch of different type radioactive telescopes and shit like that to be able to perceive different wavelengths of light and stuff like that. Who's to say that these things are not, you know, there's just like a bunch of shit happening all around us that we just don't see or feel. Yeah. Well, you, you got in a very philosophical discussion yeah. here. I hope your mom's not listening to this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she knows I feel this way. She tried, she's tried to convert me a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I grew up in a not very cheers. Uh, <laughs> cheers. Not a super That's religious awesome. Catholic household. My grandparents are very Catholic. Uh, my parents are. I am not as much, although I acknowledge that most. Uh, most of my upbringing was and uh, some of my experiences based on that. Um, from what I remember from my classes in high school and university, um, if you can't see it, does it exist? If you can't feel it, does it, does it exist? Um, so I don't know, this is definitely not my area of expertise, but... That's fine, just riff about um, it. I don't know. Literally... As a writer, what would, what would you th consider, if you had to write a, a movie about the afterlife like how would you imagine that I lately I feel a lot more uh, interested in how uh, nature when it dies how it feeds back into the earth okay so a tree once it dies it falls on the ground uh, and uh, plants and other life forms feed on it uh, so that they so that other can feed on them and 
continue this cycle of life. I don't know if there's, um, let's say, like a like a non-organic uh, equivalent of that, but I think as a writer it would be very interesting to explore ways in which you could say that this energy or that this uh, material moves around in an ecosystem, right? Mm. So could it be instead of instead of uh, organic matter could it be in terms of knowledge in terms of thoughts so how does your knowledge feed back into the earth to create new types of knowledge hmm, right? that's interesting like uh, like an ancestral sort of knowledge of like not actual memories but just like kind of what you're talking about just nature, just like cell memory or, or something like that, or what? It, it would be fun to explore it in terms of, of memory and things that can't necessarily be recorded, because obviously everything that is recorded does get transferred to future generations, right? But stuff that we can't record, like even even feelings, I don't know how... I totally don't have any prepared thoughts for this, but this is literally what's coming to my mind right now. Um, so, so if you could, let's say, recycle those those feelings and experiences and thoughts that aren't necessarily recorded in, a, in written language or in any kind of recorded language, um, how would it turn out? I don't know. What do you think, Joe? Um, Take me off the spot. <laughs> I don't know. I, was, uh, was, I, I, was, I like where you went uh, with all that. Um, I like your input about that too, Matt. I, I, I have I share a similar vision to that. Um, I just a second. Yeah, no problem. Um, for some reason, although life ends, mm -hmm. I I think we never end. Like. As I wouldn't say spiritual because the spiritual comes with so many already um, made up bullshit of uh, religion, and, you know. But let's put into energy, as you said. I think we, my my perspective, and I. That's the thing, you know. I I don't think I can. I I don't want to um, to persuade no one to. Think mm -hmm. about that, right. you know. Right, right, right. So that's for me. It's more. It, 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 it's uh, liberating because, as you, I was, uh, I was brought up in a very religious Catholic environment, where uh, we have to think the same way all the time. <coughs> and my input on that is that what if it's 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 actually a what if mm -hmm. instead of uh, that's the way it is. Right, right. For me, it's like what if we were actually not able to die. Not in the not in the in the body or mind if this just goes. But what if we just go to another level or another parallel or another like that's a, a quantum physics. Yeah, a different dimension, you know. You know? It's a, a, diff, a bunch of parallel universes. Something like that because um Another thing that the physics says, it's been a long time that in the physics, um, how do I say it in English? Uh, you, can't, you don't create 
you don't end, you, everything transforms itself, mm -hmm. right? Maybe that, that's what happened to us, we just, we trans, just transform ourselves, you know? And just go to another, another level, another... And, and that actually makes me feel uh, quite comfortable. Uh, I mean, I'm, 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 hmm. I feel comfortable that's about, interesting. about death when I feel that, yeah, that's just like one stage. Like, it's just like a body and a mind that's going to go. And like, I, I, I don't worry about that. Mm -hmm. my, my only concern is actually uh, losing people. Yeah. Because then I know that for a fact. If I lose like my mom or my dad or my sister, if I overlive them like 70 or 80 years, it'll be 70 or 80 years that I'm probably going to have that pain of loss for a while. But then it's, this pain is not eternal as well. You mm. know, that's going to end sooner or later. Better yeah. later, to be honest. <laughs> I think that depends on how your, your life is turning out, maybe. Well, yeah. you're at that. Yeah. In that case. Um, yeah. Um... I don't know, I, I, it's something, I wouldn't say I grew up in a really religious household, like, my mom did, her her family was very Catholic, so my grandparents were very Catholic, and she, my mom was quite Catholic, but my dad, like, he didn't fucking care, and so, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, religion itself, I think, like, strives to explain things that, I mean just I think that's where it's rooted and that for some reason they just like stopped at some point and said yeah. like like nope yeah uh this is this is the story and that's the story whereas like if you look back at at uh like Greek mythology and stuff like that and like Norse mythology that like really try like that's what they were doing too right they're coming up with stories to try to explain what was happening around the world like um the sun goes across the sky. Like, how do you explain that from a from primitive point of view? Well, this god is carrying it in a chariot, and blah, 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 blah. Like, okay. And, but, like, the reason, if you really get into that type of mythology, like, it's, it gets super fucked up with, like, Zeus raping people on Earth and, like, spawning, like, half-demigod children and, like, like, just crazy fucked up stuff. And the reason why it did that is because new things kept happening... Excuse me, that needed to be explained. And they came up with the only thing that they could do, which was, like, craziness at the time. But interesting to look back on perspectively, or retroactively. I'm not even sure that we can do this. What do you mean? Well, what if all of those things were metaphorical? You know what I mean? Like, are we the Greeks from the past to take the perspective from... They were all... Well, they... Listen, listen, that's... Okay. I read the Greeks from the past should just like read their stuff and say, oh, so that's what they're thinking about. But oh. we're reading this like 4,000, 3,000, 2,000 years later mm. with like an input that is totally yeah. different of what they were thinking in that time. You know, it's yeah. a totally different mindset. It's just like a totally different. And like, even if you go to countries like India, sometimes you just don't understand how, yeah. how they think. It's just different. They evolve in a different way. Mm -hmm. When I was there, I I remember that I, my thought sometimes was so limited that they treated me like a child. For example. For example, <laughs> I was um, I was staying in this hotel, mm -hmm. 
uh, of this uh, small, very small hotel in, in, the, in this Indian people. And, and the guy would just come every day and raise the amount, the fare that I was paying for the, for the room. Mm -hmm. Oh no, today is a different fare. It's more. Oh. Today is a different fare. It's more. Hmm. Okay. The last day, I, I was there for five days. The last day, I asked him to uh, leave my bag there because my train would depart at five o'clock. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I don't know, 11 in the morning. Uh, and he said, yes, as long as you pay that. So, the, the guy, uh, so I just told the guy, I said, you know what? You're greedy. Oh. You are greedy. And he looked at me, he said, why am I greedy? So, you know, because you want to charge me to just leave the bag here? So yeah, well, if I'm greedy, you're greedy. Mm. Because I want you to pay and you don't want to pay. Yeah. The hotel is mine. Yeah. You want to leave the bag in the hotel and you think you can just come yeah. here and say that, do it for free? Yeah. And that just like swiped me out of my feet. I was like, holy. Well, yeah. How can I think something stupid like that? And this guy just like with yeah, two words crushed just like, you. Wow. Like, <laughs> you see, that's a different yeah. mindset. Yeah, we it's need true. a reality check from time to time. Right? Yeah. And, and it's you know what? One of the reasons that I was brought up in a Catholic environment where everything is guilt. Mm. So maybe I would do that by guilt. But the the Roman Catholic didn't get that into that culture that much, mm. you know. So it's yeah. a, it's another way of thinking. It's, it's been two thousand, three thousand years that they think differently than yeah. than we do. Yeah. And that's just an example of contemporary thing. Now we're talking about the Greeks from three thousand years later. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that we're never accurate to talk about those shit, you know. No, but I think it's interesting to reflect on that, it. Yeah. Like I I I just. What if, what if it's all metaphorical? Oh no, and then we just try to come up, oh, they, they used to tell, tell this to people because then people would, you don't hmm. know what people used to think at that time. That's an interesting point, and yeah, you're right, like it could have all just been metaphorical, they didn't actually believe that that stuff was happening. Uh, yeah, yeah, I never really thought about it like that, because you're like, you're, they're primitive. Yeah, I know this thing's missing a chair. A <laughs> wheel. A chair. Uh, I mean, you think about like a quote unquote primitive culture, even though, you know, a lot of ancient cultures were ahead of us in many ways. Um, you think that they, you know, in those fundamental things, viewed them as that, you know, because I guess we look back, back on it like that. But, I mean, like there are not, yeah, there's evidence, you know, you go back, like there's still cultures that are fully removed from our, you know, civilized, whatever, quote-unquote, society. Um... You know, where they have, like, magic and witch doctors. and But, like, we think of those things as, like, mystical. Mm -hmm. But they were just doing science. In They're their just, own like, way. not in their own way. In the, in the same way we do. They're fucking crushing herbs up yeah. together. And, like, yeah, they made ibuprofen. because And it was a pain reliever. Yeah. You know, right? Like, they made it out of the shit that we make it out of. We have, like, great machines that can make it into fancy little pills and whatnot. And so for fortune. <laughs> but they called it, they called it magic, you yeah. know, or whatever they wanted to call it, witch doctor, or voodoo, yeah. or whatever, but, like, it was all, it, it was just science. <laughs> yeah, it's like fever. You know, when people were feverish in, in uh, like, Europe, in Europe, like, 1500 mm -hmm. years the ago. The plague or whatever? Yeah, they would say that they, they were possessed by mm. spirit. 
but they were hallucinating because they were uh, with fever. Mm -hmm. So they would call like the priest to try to take the spirit off, and, and like they just had a really bad fever. Yeah, and they just had a really bad fever. And I mean, like today we just cure that with aspirins. Yeah. But, but we're so. I'm sorry about that, uh, whoever's listening. We're so fucked up in the head mm. that we still have people that try to take out spirits. From what? You know? So... Yes, yeah. I, I certainly see... Well, I don't, I'm not a scientist. And that risk of sounding very stupid here. No, there that's the point. <laughs> We're, we right, shouldn't right, feel right. that risk of sounding stupid. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, so there's stupid. Defi- sure I think that there's definitely things. a correlation between falling off your chair. I definitely think there's a correlation between how mindful people are of the environment and others around them and uh, how religious they are. Uh, mm. one, one thing that, uh, well, I'm close to possibly moving back to Mexico and because um, I'm excited but at the same time I'm wary of some things. There's some things that I don't really like and uh, many times I feel like many Mexicans uh, only look out for themselves and don't really think of what or who is around them or the greater good. Uh, it's totally valid, you know, when you have very few resources uh, to achieve something. Uh, it's probably much easier to think of the immediate return rather than the long-term return of your actions, right? Um, and I've been, I've been uh, educating myself a little more about uh, Canadian First Nations people and uh, just in general people who aren't very religious and how people who aren't uh, necessarily attached to a def- predefined of like one of the mainstream religions uh, are a lot more mindful of people around them and religion it's so what I'm trying to say I guess is that basically religion doesn't make us better people I think it makes us worse people because uh, of the of how rigid some of the rules and way of thinking can yeah. be. well I think I think that that's a pretty blanket statement I mean coming from somebody who's who's pretty adamantly atheist. Um, well, yeah. Like... You said I didn't have to feel stupid I know, in this conversation. I know, that doesn't mean that... <laughs> but the point about that is okay, okay. is we're gonna... Just like if I said something stupid about feminism, you would... Within your right... Yeah, fucking whip me to it. Okay, so... No, like, I'm just... It's, a, it's all about the discussion. So, um... I totally forgot what we were talking about because it threw me off track blanket statement yeah the blanket statement about (laughs) religion um like i think that it uh it can bring a lot of good like i mean so many like churches and stuff give back to their communities and there is like especially in places where there's poverty and things there is hope that's built around it um I think it's debatable whether or not that's good. I used to get into really, like, pretty intense arguments with, uh, with my ex-girlfriend about it. Um, not arguments, <laughs> discussions. They were, they were good discussions. Um, and that's why but because she ended. spent... She, yeah, well, no, it's not. It's an ex-girlfriend. No, it's not. Uh, well, she spent a lot of time in, like, like places like Ecuador and Peru and, um... And because I was so, like, atheist and I'd be like, I don't get why people can't just, like... Like, they just are ignorant of facts, you know? 
and and she'd be like well it creates a lot of hope in these places where um you know it's kind of all they have it is like the the hope and the community that you know god is is with them and that uh that he will protect their family from whatever may come because nobody else is you know they're having a tough enough time doing it themselves and so i get that and i think that it's imp- i think Okay, maybe not necessarily important, but I think that people who need spiritualism should be all, like, I'm all for it, you know? You need spiritualism to get through your life. You need to believe in God. Uh, I'm not saying, like, yeah, yeah, then, 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 then do it, you know? Like, again, as long as you are within the realm of what we know, then, then I, then I'm happy to let you have your, your kind of opinion on anything. Like, Sorry, what do you mean by that? Like, okay, so... So what we know... What we know about, like, our surroundings and our universe. You have to adjust your your knowledge and maybe even your spiritualism to... uh, to new information that gets presented to you. Like, okay, we know that the Earth is round. You have to accept that as a fact. If you don't accept that as a fact, I don't know what to talk to you about anymore. You know, like, you could be the smartest person about anything else, but how can you not accept the fact that the Earth is round? Or we are however many million miles away from the sun. The universe is this many million years old. Like, these things we know, or this many billion, 14 billion or whatever years old, these things we know from science. Now, anything that we can... Anything outside of that is fair game. Like, even even if the idea is that, well, even if the fact, even if it's a fact, and this is totally, even if it's a fact that we're in, like, some, in a bubble, in some dude's bubble bath or something, and that is our universe, and it's only been in existence in, in his universe for half a second, but it's been 14 billion years for us, that is what we know about our universe, yeah. and so you're okay. Like I, I will, pres- I will sooner prescribe to that idea about the dude in the bubble bath than the idea that uh, a, a deity created this specific planet. Maybe, let me break it down. Like maybe what you're trying to say is uh, maybe you see uh, religion. The word the word religion comes from the Latin. Uh, Religare, which means to reconnect. Hmm. Well, to reconnect with what you were born with, or uh, what you already have. That's the meaning of the word religion, hmm. in his in its roots. I think there's a so, having said that, I think there's a big difference between reconnect or religion and brainwashing, because. A lot of these so-called religions, for me, is just brainwashing. Mm, yeah. You know, uh, and in a point that they have to, uh, they have to make you believe in whatever I believe, or yeah. whatever Paulina believes, because otherwise uh, it wouldn't work. That's definitely yeah. I was getting there. It was like, you need to adjust it to what within what we know to be true. And so you can't believe the Earth is 2,000 years old anymore because it's not. 
Like, you have to adjust that. And if you can't, then, like, what, like, what are you? You can still believe in God, just not that the Earth is 2,000 years old. Anyways. And also that you can't shove it in other people's faces, include, like, including and especially your children. Like, I'm sorry, but you have to let your children decide something like that for themselves. Like, you can't instill potential falsehoods in people um, just to make them feel... they're falsehoods. That's the thing. And in a way, isn't, isn't science our own kind of religion? It is, but the, pa- yeah. the fact is that, that when something new comes into it, yeah. it, it changes. Right. It changes. New, like, gravity waves just discovered. Okay, those, th- those things exist. Now everybody has to, has to now adjust their findings or whatever around the fact that, that there are waves of gravity floating through our universe. Whatever that means, like, it's way above my fucking head. But that is a fact now. And that was something that wasn't true a couple years ago, you know? And it, like it changes things for a lot of people. Like it doesn't change things for me personally because I don't really understand it to the level that it could change my opinion on anything. But, uh, yeah, you see, if we drop, if we drop this pen, Mm -hmm. if I drop it, if we just like let it go, it's going to fall. Yeah. Now you don't have to believe that. That's a fact. Right. 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 Uh, right. Correct. Yes. Indeed. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. Oh man, I'm I, I'm just like I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but it's so hard not being a scientist. <laughs> yeah. Fuck scientists. Oh, next time we're going to invite a scientist as well. But what I'm saying is that you don't have to believe in in gravity in order for this to happen. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. You can just. You cannot even be aware there's something called gravity for this to, to happen. Yeah. Um, and you guys figure out how this attached to the religion talk. So relating back to the uh, to the thought of the afterlife. Uh, so if we each believe in what we believe, does that mean that that our experience? When regarding death is different, uh, or do we all experience the same thing? Hmm. Well, Interesting. I think, I think, yeah, that's a good question. I just think we're going to experience the same thing. I mean, you know what? You cannot believe in pain, but you probably felt some pain in your yeah. life. Probably not the exact same way that I did, or Matt did, but it's pain. We all know the feeling of pain, or most of us, if we don't have problems, but, <laughs> right? We all know how pain feels, but we never know. Thank you, my friends. Not nothing. Huh? <laughs> I'm riding my bike now. One hour. Um, um, one hour? Yeah, I had to wrap. Oh, well, I thought you had to leave earlier, so that's awesome. No, I had to leave early. No, what? I thought you had to leave earlier than one hour. That's why I'm excited that you get to stay. No, I... I can't. I had to leave like in an hour. I know. I thought you had to. leave No, I had to leave in sen- in like twenty minutes. Oh, I thought you said you just say you had to leave in an hour. I had to cycle, you know, so I had to be downtown. Uh, oh, I see. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so don't. finish up. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. won't add it up. Anyway, so like, 
you were saying, I thought it was interesting that you said that maybe the way people experience death will be different, right? Probably will. You're probably going to experience death different than you, than you, than you, but it's going to be death for all of us. You, we probably experience pain different than... Yeah, well, people. we have different thresholds for pain. But we all do experience pain. Uh, yeah. Well, or, uh, yeah. Well, yes, let's so, say yeah. pain because um, happiness is more of a different concept, but... It's true. Uh, yeah, oh, pleasure. Whatever. Yeah. No, I would agree. Uh, but at the, at, to kind of Paulina's point, we like we have different thresholds for pain. So, you know, what might hurt me doesn't necessarily hurt Paulina or vice versa. Or like, and even that extends to our psych, how it affects us psychologically, right? Like, some people are terrified of needles to the point that they like will have like a fit if somebody comes close to them with a needle. Yeah. Um, and that, so if somebody actually ended up giving them a needle, maybe it would hurt them a lot more than it hurts me. Who like I look away. They put the needle in, like, I honestly barely even feel needles most of the time they go in. Um, and so, is that just because my brain can dissociate and go like, well, it's not a big deal, this thing is just piercing my skin and it's only going to hurt for a second. And so, it on like, it honestly doesn't hurt because I can, I don't know, like, I cannot... We're probably going to yeah. science. 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 We're probably going to get closer and closer as um, the neuroscientists develop. Mm -hmm. They're developing really interesting stuff, like how our brains are wired. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. But it, that's all recent. Anyway, I'm probably going to have to go. You're going to check out? Yeah. Like Kalina, do you want to stick around for uh, more? I think I have to check out as well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you, okay, cool. Uh, well, thank you, Paulina, writer, producer, film critic, and uh, a lovely woman. Thank you so much for being Aww. here. <laughs> I was talking about families and uh, 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 yes. yes, thank you for joining uh, the Slackline for our inaugural episode. Thank yeah. you guys for being here. Sticking around for calling me, I very much enjoyed this, and I hope that even if it's probably just a long. Maybe even not. Yeah. Still, thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we uh, we thank any of the Slackline listeners, which are probably very few, but uh, maybe that'll grow. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. This is how it goes For the dead